Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Darkest Timeline podcast. So it's games, movies, TV, VR maybe, getting back into the VR. Uh, There'll definitely be stuff from the week. I'll probably be uh, complaining about something or maybe one of the, you know, more positive episodes we've been doing recently. Hmm. Um, If you're checking us out on YouTube, then do subscribe, uh, and if you're already subscribing, get a friend to subscribe, and, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends. Wherever you do get your podcast, you can subscribe, even if it's on audio only, uh, and subscribing makes us feel warm and fuzzy. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the Darkest Timeline podcast. Comfortable. <clears throat> Microphone's a million miles away. It's probably I can't hear me. Now it's all making a lot of noise. Still feel like you can't hear me. Maybe I'm not talking loud enough. Maybe that's the problem. Feeling a little rough. Uh, been feeling a touch off this afternoon. Uh, feeling worse this evening so um, one of those probably just going to try and sort of rattle through this podcast so you have to excuse me if it's not quite as in depth as usual Uh, let's crack on um I've written something down on, on my list and I don't, I don't know if I've been through this before but saying about how sometimes I write something down on, on a list like like a week before and then you know how it goes like a week passes and you're a bit like I don't know if that's really the subject that I want to talk about um, but in uh, in honour of writing it down on the list, uh, I'm still gonna give it a mention. Something I write down, I wrote down on my list was um, literally about a week ago. Um, I have been working all day. Um, it was, I think it was a day I was working at home. It felt like a day. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I felt like I hadn't seen my youngest um, for a while. Maybe that was because I was um, working in a different part of the house um, for a while. Or maybe maybe they'd been out. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I came... I came downstairs, I came into the the dining room where she was sat and suddenly out of the blue she's just like 
dance with me, Daddy. And I was like, what? She was like, dance with me, Daddy. I... Now, this has never, um, this has never come up before. Uh, I can't say that there's uh, a massive amount amount of dancing in our house, but I'd also say that there isn't, there isn't, there's not no dancing. Uh, but I was a little taken aback, and I was a bit like, um, uh, and then it, you know, as as it does, it struck me. I was like, okay, I will dance with you. So. Um, I think she was sat in a chair at the time. She sort of like climbed down from the chair, and um, we just like twirled around the dining room for a little bit. Um, <laughs> me, it, re it reminded me that me and my eldest have this long-running joke, which is not. A, a, a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, there's a video. There's a very famous video uh, in in my family uh, of um, me dancing with my eldest when she was tiny, like not not a baby, but uh, she must have been. At the most, she was maybe six months old, um, and I've, I'm like holding her. She's obviously not standing or anything, but I'm holding her, and we're and we're dancing. And the running joke there is any time I have ever shown that video to my eldest, uh, it instantly makes her cry. So. There's been points in time where I've kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word tormented, uh, but I have sort of used it to wind her up a little bit. So it's become this kind of like running joke. Uh, even the mention of it, I was like, oh, should, should we watch that video? She just, she's just like, no. Um, but in, in, in and of itself, the video itself is very sweet. Uh, I've got this uh, little girl who obviously now is not, not no longer a little girl. Um, and we're just sort of like little little dance, little swaying and stuff. And my youngest the other day is like, dance with me, daddy. And there was a... <laughs> There was a weird part of me that was like, uh, and this will sound this will sound awful to start with. But there was a weird there was a weird part of me that was like, no, no, I, it was like it was kind of like a no, I haven't got time, or no, I, I don't want to dance. I think my head was elsewhere. I think I was, I think I had either just finished working or I was still working and was just like maybe getting a drink or something and it it took it was so out of the blue um but then obviously you reset you control or delete your brain and you go i i will absolutely do that that sounds fantastic 
because opportunities like that are few and far between. She said it to me again the next day. She was like, Daddy, dance with me, Daddy. Um, and then I, I really, I really let loose. There was twirls, her going up and down. A bit later, I picked her up so that we could like dance holding hands. And, and it was, it, it's things like that. It's moments like that, moments that you, you certainly hope you'll remember. Uh, years down the line, I saw a post the other day. Um, it was all, it was like obviously a picture done from many years ago of uh, a, a dad and his a young daughter dancing, and then the picture next to it was presumably the same father and daughter. He's obviously a lot older, she's a lot older, um, but it was a picture of them dancing. Um, and weirdly, I'd seen that like the day before, so I thought it was uh, thought it was interesting. So yeah, it was a it was a, a nice moment in time, and I wrote it down on the list. Um, so I don't know if you know, um, but I got oh excuse me, I got. Uh, God, I've got something going on. I don't feel right. I don't know if you know, but i got a puppy. I may have mentioned it. Um, had a super rough... Get it? Um, week last week, training-wise. Everybody, everybody tells me how, how well-trained he is. How... Uh, dogs of his age wouldn't wouldn't be as trained as he is, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it right. But from the first moment that dog stepped foot out of this house, that first walk, that first. Right, he can finally, he's had all of his injections, he can finally go out from that very first point in time. He has pulled, he has pulled on his walks. So at this point in time, I am on to... He's had two harnesses, nothing to do with the pulling, just he grew out of his first one. He has had one, two, three different leads. He's had a, a halty, I might have mentioned that previously. And he's currently on this thing that um, it started out as it was, um, I was using it as what's known as a figure of eight, goes around the neck and then around the snout. It's designed to give control but not be as aggressive as the halty. Um, so we went out last week and there was just this day i i by the time i got home i was practically in tears uh he has this thing about puddles when we walk through a puddle we'll actively avoid puddles to the point that he's like it's like he's been fired out of a cannon 
the other day it rained or it was raining or whatever and rather than interact with a puddle he basically launched himself into the road which is a main road and a car was coming and it was purely like there must have been an inch between him and the front of the car and I was that was it that was the final straw for me because anything like that I I immediately go oh my god what would have happened if he'd have been hit by that car oh my god what would have happened if he'd have ended up in the road oh my god and then all of that immediately turns into anger what the hell are you doing why would you do that you nearly got yourself killed um all of that and at that point in time i was done as i can't do this anymore i am still i've mentioned this previously but i am still firmly in the camp of why anybody anybody would get a dog knowing now what you have to go through to to make a dog functional is beyond me i read books i read books i read books i read i watched videos i listened to podcasts i i was as informed as i could be without actually doing it and then when it came to doing it i realized that there is no amount of information out there in the world available to correctly inform you how to raise a puppy i do not know how anybody has done it up until this point why anybody would do it and how the the dog species is going to continue when when it when it's this so i came home and i was like that's me i'm done i'm out i'm tapping out here and now that's me i am done so uh leonard's taking for a walk the next morning because uh, the walk i'd had with him was an evening walk and this has been building for a couple of days um so then come that that next evening I, i'm like oh, i guess i'm gonna have to take him out and as with every single thing i've ever done with training this dog i realized the thing that was annoying me the most wasn't actually anything to do with him as i'm sure we can all imagine it was actually me i was it's hard to explain I was like, oh, all he does is pull. Um, but that wasn't actually true. It turned out that he doesn't. He just walks out in front. Um, and looking back, it was sort of like a, a vast improvement from where he started to where he was at that point in time. I was like, I've, I've not registered that he doesn't pull anymore to a degree. 
he just walks out in front and what I should be looking into is how to get him to walk with me how to get him to walk next to me um, so that's what I did I looked it up and I thought right okay anyway, let's get this cracked um, watched a, a, a ton of videos and I'm like every single one of these videos is telling me stuff I already know and have already tried and it doesn't work and this is the problem because you'll watch a video that will tell you hands down absolutely 100% of the time the way to get a dog to walk with you to not pull to do all this is to do this thing called figure of eights and basically when the dog pulls you turn and go the other way and then when the dog pulls again you turn and go the other way do it enough times that the dog's like I haven't got a clue what's going on so I'll just kind of follow your lead you tell me where we're going and that's that no more pulling, dog walks with you, job done. Watched a video the other day, it was this guy's like, this dog came to me, he was crazy on pulling, I've had him for 20 minutes, he doesn't pull anymore. Show, showing on the video. Look, I'm barely holding the lead. I'm like, well, I'm happy for you, but that ain't, that doesn't work. So I randomly found this video, this guy in Australia, who's like, if you want to know how to get your dog to walk with you, just do this. And it was, take two steps, let the dog pull, take two steps back, bring the dog with you, get him to sit down next to you, and do it again. And at this point in time, I was like, oh man, I, I have tried everything. I might as well try this. So two days after I come home, basically in tears like just just unable to do it anymore and as an aside what makes it worse is he learns other things almost instantly so so we get out there I was like right we're gonna try this so we tried it and he did it he kind of did it okay and we tried it again and he kind of did it okay so walking along, if he pulls, if he pulls ahead, if, if he goes further, if his shoulders go further ahead than my stride, you have to stop, two steps back, bring him in line, reset him, and away you go. Got two thirds of the way around this walk, and I'm like, oh my god, it's working! He's walking with me. I can't believe it. After all this time and everything, all the time and effort I've put into it. I've, it's finally working. So I get home, yet again, practically in tears, because I'm so overjoyed, I'm so over the moon, it's such a massive relief. So this has been the method for the last nearly week. Typically, get to this evening, when I take him out for a walk, and he is literally like, yeah, I'm bored of doing this now, so how about we don't and I'll just do whatever the fuck I want, yeah? So I got home and I was tearing my hair out because this is a thing he does. What he does is he's like, oh, I see what we're doing here. We're doing this new thing where you're trying to get me to do something. Cool. And he does it for a set amount of time. And then he goes, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to do what I want to do. He is 
so hell-bent on being out in front. And the other thing he does is he drifts in front of me so that he is walking in front of me. And I was like, that's a dominance thing. Because he doesn't do it to anybody else. I was like, that is a dominance thing. And it's super dangerous. Because what he does is he drifts in front of me whilst I'm walking. So I'm like, if you get that wrong, I'm going to fall over you. I'm going to get injured or you're going to get injured or we're both going to get injured. And then what? What if one of us breaks something? So, so that's where, that's where that's at. Obviously at this point in time now I'm dreading taking him for a walk in the morning. Because who knows what he's going to decide for the morning. And it's at this point in time I will tell you ladies and gentlemen, don't get a dog. Don't get a dog. If you're considering getting a dog because you think you know what it's going to be like, don't get a dog. Don't do it. It's, it is so far beyond anything that anybody tells you. That includes any books you read, any videos you watch, anything. It is so far beyond that that I am surprised dogs as a, as a species have survived this long. I, I can't believe that somebody hasn't looked at it and gone, I mean, th this is pointless, so let's just, let's just stop. Huh, I've got something else to talk about, Instagram. Uh, the irony being is at the time of recording, Instagram is down, as is Facebook, as is WhatsApp, and the world is going mental. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Um, what I wrote down here about Instagram is, I've noticed recently, which is uh, super fun, that... For a long time it's been this thing where Instagram's basically just yet another platform for adverts because adverts rule the world. Um, and Instagram, wildly popular, um, and you know, Facebook has adverts but you can scroll past them. Um, until recently where if you watch a video on Facebook they slap an advert right in the middle of it. Super fun. Instagram has always had adverts from what I can remember or tell or whatever. And if you watch Instagram stories, in the middle of Instagram stories you get adverts. But now, new and improved Instagram adverts, you now get double adverts. So you get an Instagram story and then when it goes into like the next person in the list of your, your Instagram stories, you get an advert. It's like, yeah, whatever, you skip through it. 
And then, where the bit where it's supposed to go on to the next person who's going to be doing an Instagram story, what you get is another advert. And what dawned on me the other day, when I was pissing and moaning about yet another advert, as I... Why does it need to stop there? Why doesn't it do three adverts? Why doesn't it do four adverts? What if somewhere in the future, somewhere down the line, you get Instagram adverts, but then the Instagram stories are like the adverts now? You get a load of adverts and then one story, and then a load of adverts and then one story. And then here's the beauty, you'll be able to pay for like Instagram Pro, where you'll be able to remove the adverts for a monthly fee. Watch out for that coming, oh, I'd say in the next six months. That's a conservative estimate. I reckon it's going to be sooner than that. couple of weeks ago, I wrote something, wrote something on a list to talk about in a podcast. Uh, and then when it got to the podcast, it was very much like I was saying about like other things on this, on this week's list. When it got to the podcast, I didn't talk about it because it wasn't relevant at that point in time. I was like, it's going to seem silly to talk about it now when it's no longer relevant. That subject is back. It's back on the list and it's back, baby. So here we go. This time we are going to talk about, um, we're talking about the change of the weather. That's right, we've reached a point where the podcast is that dull that we're now going to talk about the weather. So, a while ago, the reason I'd put it on the list was because one day I was wearing shorts and the next day I was wearing a jumper. I was like, whoa, that came around quick. But then by the time I went to do the podcast, I was back in shorts. I was like, eh, it seems a bit silly to talk about a change in weather and a change in attire when it wasn't relevant. So over the space of last week, I went from, from the ground up, flip-flops, no socks, shorts, t-shirt, in the same day, to stuck with the flip-flops socks yes I know trousers t-shirt jumper by lunchtime the same day and this is the thing here's the thing about this because the, when I was originally going to talk about it, I was going to talk about how for many 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 years I was never really a fan of summer when I was little when I was young, um, I used to have horrific hay fever, crippling hay fever. Uh, if you add, to, if you then add to that, I was allergic to grass, and just the general bugs, heat, all of the things that, all of the joys of summer. I hated summer. I hated summer with a passion. Um, there would be days where I wouldn't be able to open my eyes on a morning. 
because they would be like glued shut. You know you've uh, you know you start the day well you've had, when you've had to soak your eyes open. Um, being asthmatic, hay fever and asthma go hand in hand. It it was just a nightmare. Um, when I got a bit older, um, well no, when I got quite a bit older, a lot older, um, what I then found was that my hatred of summer faded. It was like, oh yeah, you know, you just you just kind of have to grin and bear it, and well, it does mean you can go to the beach, and it does mean that you've got the later nights, and it does mean, and the the list of reasons why summer was good got longer. Then, in the last few years, there's been the whole like insanely hot summers, um, and it's been a little bit more like uh, summer man it's awful so as a man who has never really been the biggest fan of summer um you know always always or most of the time being in a position of being uh, overweight and you can imagine what an overweight man has to deal with in the summer but this year's summer was basically a complete non-starter. At the time, I was like, this will do me. This will do me. I'm, I'm kind of okay with this. After a while, I was like, uh, I mean, you know, a little bit of summer would be okay. Be nice to go to the beach. Be nice to do, um, you know, water pistols, paddling pool." That sort of thing, you know, all this. But I was like, eh, "You gotta take the rough with me." I'm so I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be wishing it was colder soon. And that never really happened. Through all of summer, it never really got like oppressively hot. So, when the cold weather comes round, even I felt a little robbed I was like really most years I welcome it most years I'm like oh it's it's autumn you know oh you get your jumpers out and stuff this year I was I was just a bit miffed about it it's just just like uh go get the jumpers out uh, I gotta go put the shorts away you know that sort of stuff Oh dear. So yes, the weather has changed. The dark nights are rolling. I don't mean Batman. And uh, yeah, we haven't even had the clocks change yet. So when that happens, it'll just be super depressing. Um, last thing I wrote down on my list um, for for the week, um, I had a super rough weekend. Um, one of those things that some of the things that make for a bad weekend in our house. Um, 
a hard to, a hard to discuss, hard to talk about. So, um, each of my children was being a particular way. Uh, for two of those children, they were literally rubbing each other up the wrong way. For one of the children, who knows? So, my eldest, just it was just a rough weekend with with her, and I find that really difficult because, as I said to her. I've always, I've always looked at it like me and her are like a little team. Um, I've always looked at it that way. And when we're not, um, when we're not like our little team, then I'm like, I get upset and I get, I get, I don't want to use the word angry. I get frustrated because I'm upset. And I'm like, oh, why do I have to? Why does it have to be like this? You know, I just want to have a nice time, and I just want to, I want to do nice things. I want us to enjoy the time, and, and that sort of thing. So there was that going on. Then, middle daughter decided was hell bent on some kind of mission, where. She just wanted to play with all the youngest toys. And was generally just poking the bear. Like subtly tormenting the youngest. Not like going out and not like going at her. But subtly tormenting her. My youngest has this, this issue completely understandable issue but she does have this issue she adores her sisters she loves them to bits they're her big sisters they are great she's got like she's got you know there's something with each of them like my middle daughter is like closer to her age and they're like a, they're like a little unit um, but she she loves her eldest sister and she the, like she is so she just gets so excited when they come in and like when when they're not here she asks about them and when they're when they when they've gone she asks where they are and um one of those things that's simultaneously really nice and really sad um but because she gets me uh, not well, it's full time isn't it you know all the time that she's here and all the time that I'm here then it's me and her it's that, that version of full time um, Leanne's here so she it's just it's just us and the dog and the cats but then when when the other two come it's that whole that fighting for attention thing is completely understandable. However, 
she has taken to resorting to violence to resolve certain situations. So, take the middle daughter's low-level tormenting, take the youngest's quick to violence, <laughs> and what you end up with is the little one hitting the, the medium one with a doll. And you're a bit like, oh, part of me feels that it was... <laughs> It was justified because you're low-level tormenting her. And then to top it off, the middle daughter, then you'd think she was uh, going for an Oscar with the, with the performance she gives when she gets quote-unquote hurt. So, a lovely weekend was had by, by all. Ah, oh, man. Let's move on. Let's move away from that. Here's something. And I'm looking, I've been looking at the list. I'm like, how has this happened? I have watched four films in the last week. So, I have watched Walk, oh my god, I have watched Walk the Line, a uh, film I've seen previously, uh, I've only seen it once before and I saw it a long time ago, I'm pretty sure I own it on DVD, um, for those of you who don't know, Walk the Line is the story of uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, probably more of a, a story of Johnny Cash and June Carter. Could be viewed um, as a love story. Um, it's autobiographical. Um, Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. Um, Reese Witherspoon is one of those actresses or actors, as they're known now as the as the, as the as female actors i guess um pardon me i i've she is not i am not reese witherspoon's target audience so i've never really had a lot of time for her um like literally all I can think off the top of my head is like Legally Blonde. I don't think I'm Legally Blonde's target audience. Um, however, what I will say is that she's very good in what the line. She's very good in the role of June Carter. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, does a very good Johnny Cash. Um, when I saw it originally... I thought it was a very enjoyable film. I really liked it. Very much, a, I'm sure I'll watch that again some point down the line. And as it is, I did. This time around, though, uh, watch it, I've obviously watched it with different eyes. Um, it was quite a hard watch. Um, 
Just like the relationship between him and her and what that did to him. Uh, what that also did to the people around him. Um, his relationship with his father. Um, yeah, it was a difficult, a difficult watch. Hard film to watch this time around. Still very good, still very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to, to sort of digest. I still really enjoy the uh, Folsom Prison uh, bit. How uh, the Folsom Prison album outsold like everybody, like the Beatles, whatever it was released. Um, I watched not one, not two, but all three taken movies basically it's one of those things with uh with succumbing to disney plus in this house uh and the fact that they've added a load of stuff from uh fox i guess it is uh there's a lot of films on there and they keep adding new stuff all the time um so you know kind of it'd be rude not to Watched, I, I'm not going to go through each of them individually, I'll just do a little bit about Watch the first Taken. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the original Taken, the first one where it originally came out. Uh, I've seen it many times since. Uh, but because of that, I haven't seen it for a little while. Um, oh, working my way through, I watched Taken 3 recently, and I'm aware... And this is where things get interesting. And where I did a review of it, and that was at a uh, time, Taken 3 and the review I did of it is, is the reason that I no longer put individual pictures on this podcast on YouTube. Because I got a copyright strike for using a picture of Taken 3, like a movie poster. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that was that that drove me to stop putting pictures on the podcast. Um, I think it was also to do with the fact that I didn't give a very good review. Um, I'm going to say something quite bold at this point in time. I don't think Taken has aged very well. So looking back at Taken now what went somewhat unnoticeable the first time watching it originally was just how old the daughter is so i think it's one of these like little known fact type things that the woman playing the daughter who is supposed to be 17 at the time was like 23 or something at the time she played that role. Going back and watching it now, it is so obvious that she's so much older than the age that she's supposed to be playing. Um, it really stands out. It's really like, it's almost like off-putting to a degree. So you've got that. Then you've got the fact that 
um, there are certain films that I remember originally being like, oh my God, this film's amazing. It's, it's uh, groundbreaking. Then you go back and watch it again and you're like, oh, I don't think I really realised that at the time. Um, I have a feeling that it was like the Bourne films. Taken uses a lot of jump cuts to hide a lot of the action. Like, let's face it, in you know, in reality, I don't think Liam Neeson's going to be all that when it comes to like hand-to-hand -hand combat. So basically, the, the the filmmakers have just hidden that in really quick like jump cuts. Um, like even in like the driving scenes, like oh we're seeing the steering wheel, oh we're seeing the outside of the car, oh we're seeing the 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 footwell of the inside of the car, oh we're seeing the steering, wheel. oh we're seeing the pedals, oh we're and it's just that. And at the time, it probably went a little unnoticeable. Yet now, it's super noticeable. And you know, you know, you know now that it's 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 a technique used to hide things. Um, so the realization of watching the first take and realizing that it's maybe not actually aged overly well. But anyway, we moved on to Taken Two. Um, There's, there's just, there's just some real, like, massive plot holes in Taken Two. It's just like how they go from, they go from like, oh, this situation's happening. Oh, why don't you come to? I don't think where it's set. I want to say Budapest. But I don't think it is. Is it Istanbul? I don't want to look it up. This is the thing. Um, anyway, they all end up there. And this time round, it's him and the ex-wife. Who, you know, they're kind of rekindling their relationship. They get taken. And the daughter's got to find him with all, with all of her spy skills and her, her driving. There is a scene, I remember reviewing, th again, reviewing this film originally. Uh, there is a scene in Taken 2. Uh, it's like a section where there, there's a car chase. And the car chase involves Liam Neeson saying to the girl, the woman that plays his daughter drive faster about 50 times that's it it's just him saying drive faster and her every now and then saying that she can't again watching it again it was super noticeable then there's this thing where uh famke jansen's character the wife the ex-wife gets like her throat partially cut 
and they're like oh how long you know stuff how long is it going to take for her to bleed out and he's like oh half an hour half an hour never addressed through the rest of the film the rest of the film takes you know a lot longer than half an hour never addressed no mention of any medical attention it's fine though she's still alive at the end isn't she spoilers by the way so watching the second take and I was like this this film has got some issues taken three now I heard a thing recently that said that Liam Neeson agreed to do taken three on the condition that nobody got taken think the clues in the title there but anyway uh, we introduce Forrest Whitaker I've always enjoyed Forrest Whitaker's work um, so it's like alright cool uh, Famke Hansen's in it the daughter's in it however they've replaced the actor who plays Famke Janssen's current or soon to be ex or whatever husband and here's something I think I might have been overly harsh on Taken 3 when I originally saw it um, but only a little bit it's it's still not amazing it's still not great it's okay which I have a feeling is a better review than I gave it at the time um, one of those as a trilogy um, <sighs> yeah I do kind of wish that they would just leave stuff you know Taken should have been left as Taken John Wick should have been left as John Wick um, you know those, those kind of films it's like oh my god this film was great oh, it's, a, it's really setting the bar it's like well then leave it alone don't then make a franchise that ruins the original the Matrix um, saw a saw a trailer for the new Matrix Jesus so yeah those are the films the films the films now then I know what you're going to say and I know what you're thinking did I or did I not play any VR this week well ladies and gentlemen I can tell you against all odds I have in fact played VR um, I'm having some major VR issues cannot get a stable connection uh, it's quite frustrating it's quite infuriating it makes for an awful playing experience uh, you have to stop every three seconds to two minutes to reset stuff sometimes it just completely crashes steam vr is probably one of if not the worst invention known to man um 
I would love if somebody could, could give me some pointers on how to make a more stable VR connection. Having said that, I have managed to play and last night finish Arizona Sunshine. Now I know what you're thinking. Jesus Christ, are you going to talk about Arizona Sunshine again? I am, but only from the perspective that I've actually played the PC version of Arizona Sunshine rather than the Quest version. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I mean, they're the same game. No, they're not. They are different games. A lot of stuff the same, and you can see why they made some of the decisions they made when they've ported it to the Quest. Obviously, you need to tone it down a bit. Um, you can't have loads of different zombies. You can have a few zombies, a few different types of zombies. You can't have loads. You can't have uh, running zombies. Because uh, I imagine the Quest can't handle that. Um, and certain design, like level designs, will probably work if they're a little bit more linear on the quest. Um, one of those things, you know, everybody knows at this point in time, I love Arizona Sunshine. It's absolutely one of my top three VR games. Arizona Sunshine, Boneworks, Pistol Whip probably the top three and I couldn't tell you in which order they just need to live up there um, it's a great game and as I've said before it's largely to do with the narration and the way it's narrated um, some really cool features in Arizona Sunshine um, sniper rifles that have working scopes um, one thing I will say and I don't know if this was anything to do with the, the setup and the, the connection issues that I'm having but in the quest version you can shoot a zombie in the head you can do it at distance you can you know 9.5 times out of 10 you can shoot a zombie in the head like I say even at distance um, the PC version was a lot less forgiving even with the the red dots um, it was very difficult to shoot zombies in the head especially at distance um, yeah, it was it was an interesting play because of the way the fact that some of the levels were like ever so slightly different layout. It's like, oh, I'm gonna have to find my way through this level different to how I've played it previously. Um, I love that game. If I could find a way to make playing VR more stable than I've got it at the moment, um, I'd probably play it again. Which would be like the sixth time. Um, however, I have got other games. Um, I've got games from three VR bundles 
that I just haven't haven't been able to work through uh, for one reason or another so I should really get cracking with those and obviously I will let you know how we get on if anybody does know how to make a more stable VR connection if you could give me a shout that would be amazing and obviously I can update uh, I can update people um, as with things like working my way through the Taken franchise anybody who's been listening along and has ever got this far in these podcasts will know that I've been playing through the Hitman franchise um, I have been playing Hitman 3 Hitman 3 is a step backwards and that's difficult to swallow Hitman 2 is hands down the best of the three rebooted Hitman games hands down Hitman 2 is a fantastic game it is worlds apart from one and all of this stuff I've already been through up to this point three I didn't really want to do much of a review of three until I'd a started playing it again and ideally B finished it um, I think I might have just gone on to the last level maybe Hitman 3 is a step backwards and for all the wrong reasons so Hitman 3 is basically the do what you want game when as a franchise it spent three games building you up as a this is how you should play it this is how you should do it try doing it this way here's a hint for you have you tried this what do you think to this is this a good idea you can you know you've got wiggle room inside all of that stuff but really it gives you help along the way hitman 3 is do whatever the hell you want it goes against the play style that it has given you up to this point in time such a baffling decision that I, I honestly wonder what the hell they were doing on this game it really is a baffling decision to add to that what makes things in a lot of ways worse is Hitman 3 has what is hands down my least favourite Hitman mission. Now, here's the thing. I imagine if you ask hardcore Hitman fans, more hardcore than me, and I've got a Hitman tattoo, um, if you ask them what the best ever Hitman mission level, whatever is, they will almost definitely tell you it's the same one that I think is probably the worst uh, the nightclub mission in Hitman 3 is awful in my opinion because it is the do it the do what you want level in the do what you want game it gives you zero help the the level itself is massive and there is no clear objective because what it says is 
uh, take out a load of agents. Okay, cool. Uh, it doesn't tell you how many, but in actual fact it's five. Which I think you can find that information out by looking in certain places. But it turns out it's five. But there's loads of them and they're all over the place. But you don't know who they are until you get in the vicinity of them. Um, I hate this level so much. It's too big. It's too complicated. There's too many people to look for. There's too many people to take out. There are no opportunities to do any of it. It's a nightmare. I got to the point where I was like, hang on a minute. This person says they've seen me doing something, you know, quote unquote illegal or whatever. But that was kind of the end of it. They didn't really do anything about it. They were like, hey, what are you doing? So then I carried on doing stuff and people were like, eh, yeah, whatever. And at the point I realised that, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to just blast my, th blast my way through this level. Obviously, it's always the, the intention to aim for like the silent assassin rating. That level I'm aiming to get through it without smashing the PlayStation to pieces. So once I realised there is quite a lot of wiggle room in certain points in that level, I was like, fuck it, let's just let's just blast through it. Killed like three people back to back. And by that point I think I'd already killed two. And it was like, find an exit. I was like, fucking two, right? I'm out of it. Like I say, I do think I have maybe gone on to the last level. Again, I am very much aware that it is a big level. Um, but I'm hoping... Uh, now that I say that, I think it might be... I'm hoping the opportunities are back as an option. We will find out. There we go. That is the podcast for this week. Sorry if it was in any way rushed. Um, like I say, not feeling 100%. So, uh, yeah, just getting it done. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you next time. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done. Another one gone. If you're checking us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere that podcasts live, do subscribe, because it's big for us. It's real big. We love it. If you want to check out our website, it's cookiecast.com. It's got all sorts over there, including ways you can get in touch with us, like social media and email. Drop us a line, let us know how you're getting on, and if it's a good one, we'll read it out. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. I'll see you then.